This is Building Resilience Podcast, Episode 53, Navigating the Holidays. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where you will learn all about building resilience in yourself and helping others build it too. Drawing from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching, I will help you face all the challenges and adversities that life throws at you and help you do more than just survive. I will help you thrive. I am your host, Leah Davidson, and I am a certified life coach and speech-language pathologist. I will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and lead a more purposeful and joyful life. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast. I am excited to be here with you once again, and with us being well into the holidays, I thought, oh no, I think I missed the boat. This podcast may be a bit late, but it's still probably appropriate to do because many of you may be in the depths of events and having family over and just the overall busyness of the season and the end of year. I know for me, we've got a very full house with almost all our kids home. So if nothing else, preparing this podcast was a great reminder for me because One of the biggest challenges I think that we have around this time of year, especially around holiday time when there's a lot of pressure, a lot of things going on is relationships. Even if you have great relationships with everybody in your life, there are still some challenges, mainly because I think people at this time of year, they're tired and maybe overstimulated, or you may be struggling with finishing up a tough year. Maybe you've experienced some loss or some changes over the year, so it's a hard time. I know for me, it's often the change of routine and some change is welcome, but it can still be hard. So if you find that you have a love-hate relationship with holidays, well, then you're not alone. And today I thought I would share with you some tips on how you can navigate the holidays in the best way possible. And I'm going to give you a few tips and ideas, which hopefully will be helpful, even if you just take a couple to heart. So the first one is I want you to drop all expectations. So drop the shoulds and the have tos because there's no room for them here. We often create images in our mind of how things are going to be. So I just think of my kids all arriving home and they're happy to see each other and they're so happy to be home and they're offering to help all the time. They're doing things without being asked and they're just showing so much gratitude and appreciation. They're being thoughtful and considerate. I imagine that everybody's going to get along and we're going to be playing games and telling stories and laughing and enjoying each other and people will be on time. They'll be considerate with the plans that they make. They'll be respectful of the routines and thoughtful of the space and of course they're going to clean up after themselves. So It's pretty dreamy in my house when all my kids come home. And obviously I'm joking, wouldn't that be great? It's not likely going to happen. And if it does happen like that when they all come home and and we have this wonderful time together, then great. And I'm not saying that we don't have a good time together. I'm just saying that sometimes my expectations don't match up with my reality. And remember, we get ourselves into trouble when our reality does not meet our expectations. We suffer when there's a gap between what people should do and what they actually do. And we can have lots of super sneaky thoughts. We'll be thinking things like, well, people should be grateful and they should be on time. They should be kind. They should be thoughtful. 
And while we can think those things, sometimes they are not the most helpful thoughts because the reality is people are usually focused on their own stuff. So we can have all the shoulds in our mind of what they should do, but people are going to do what they want to do. Now, does that mean that we should not set any expectations? Well, I think it's very reasonable for us to ask for things and to make requests, but we need to own our own experiences and our own emotions. We get to decide how we react to whatever somebody else does. I've talked about the famous quote by Viktor Frankl before. He had said that between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. So the stimulus is basically what someone does or what they say or what they think or how they act or the event that happens. They're all the things that are largely out of our control. So other people fit very well in that category. Other people's behavior fits very well in that category. But we don't have to respond immediately to the stimulus. There is a space that we can fill There is a choice that we can make on how we want to respond. And that is why it's so important to be practicing things that calm our nervous system because we can get triggered by things and we can go into a state of a stress response. When we are in a state of a stress response, remember, we're not able to access our thinking skills. We first have to move ourselves to a place of calm. And so practicing getting ourselves to a place of calm, doing things like breathing and moving, getting enough exercise, tapping and meditating. These are all things that allow us to then come to the choice from a place of more calm. I want to be choosing how I want to react from a place of calm. Because other people are going to do things all the time that we think are going to make us mad or sad or offended. But we don't want to hand over our emotions to anybody else. Other people don't cause our feelings. We do. We get to decide that choice, what we make things mean, what we choose to think, how we choose to react. So you may want to go back to episode 15, which is called You Made Me Feel, and episode 23, which is called What Other People Think. As we talk a lot in those episodes about owning your power and your emotions, and it's something that we really want to try to get good at because we want you to remember our feelings are driven by our thoughts. Our feelings are not driven by other people. We want to get back to the basics of that model that we taught back in episode eight, which is called the equation of life where something happens, somebody says something or does something, we then have a thought about it. And that is what determines how we feel. We often just want to blame how we feel on other people's actions. It's totally normal to do that. But I want to remind you that in between other people and our feelings are our thoughts and we get to choose and decide those. Now, I actually want to pause here and just clarify a couple things. Because understanding that our thoughts create our feelings, not what other people do or say, is an important thing to be aware of because it's very empowering to know that you are in control and you own your own emotions. 
But that's not to say that at times you will want to create thoughts that will lead you to feeling offended or mad or disappointed or hurt and be okay with that. There are many times that I actually want to be upset or annoyed or hurt. So I'm not advocating for you to either blame yourself. Oh, okay. So you're saying if you feel bad, it's all my fault because I'm choosing my thoughts and everybody else gets to do whatever they want. No, you may want to be angry and I want you to allow those feelings, but At any moment, if you decide you want to change how you feel, you don't need anyone else to do anything. You get to decide. So it's really all about who has the power to own your emotions, you or other people. Are you going to be a puppet to somebody else where they push your buttons, you react a certain way, and we all do it? Or do you want to be the person who gets to choose and decide how you're going to react? Of course, it's easier said than done, but I just want to remind you that there is a lot of room in that space between the stimulus and response. Now, I also want to add that just because other people create their own emotions with their own thoughts does not mean that we can just walk around doing whatever and saying, I'm sorry you feel that way, but it's your thoughts. So I'm not forcing you to feel that way. So while technically that is true, that other people don't cause our feelings. It is all up to us. We are the circumstance in someone else's life. We are the circumstance that they can choose to think whatever they want about what we do and what we say. But for me, knowing that I am the circumstance in somebody else's life comes with some responsibility. I want to think about how do I want to show up in their life, in their model? I want to be a circumstance that is easy to have positive thoughts about. I want to think ahead of what their perspective would be and what my impact on them would be. So you want to take responsibility. We are not responsible for other people's thoughts and feelings about us, but we are responsible for our own actions and behavior. And we do want to consider, would this be something that somebody else would struggle with? all I want to put that out there for. So just a few things to think about. All right. So we're dropping the expectations this year. We're letting people show up how they want to. We're choosing how you want to react. And really, when you think about it, we kind of just want people to show up however they want to, because that is who they are authentically. If they just do what we want or what we think that they should do, then we're not really having a relationship with their authentic self. So just drop the expectations of other people. The second thing I want to offer is drop the unrealistic expectations of yourself. So often we set these big expectations of who and what we want to be or do. So you may want everything to go smoothly, the meal to be perfect, the weather to hold up. You want to purchase all the right gifts. You may want to show up as your best self, just being peaceful, saying the right things, learning to bite your tongue and speaking up when you're supposed to. We want to drop the expectations of others, all the things that we talked about above. But when something does go wrong, And it will go wrong and it's okay that goes wrong because in reality, nothing has gone wrong. We want to also drop the expectations of us and allow ourselves to feel what we feel. Now we may feel bad. We may feel tired. We may feel overwhelmed or upset or disappointed. 
We may snap. We may be grumpy. We may not be at our best. But remember, life is 50-50. Nothing has gone wrong when we feel like we're in the low or the hard or the negative. So just drop the expectations that it's going to be much more than that all the time. If you are in the negative 50, just notice it. Don't judge it. Just notice it. Drop the expectations of yourself. Now, the third thing I want to offer ties right into what we just talked about, because I'm saying dropping the expectations of others, dropping the expectations of yourself. Okay, well, what do I replace that with? Or what is that even going to look like? Well, what it looks like is you replace it from a place of compassion, compassion of other people and compassion for yourself. And I want to first talk about self-compassion because I know that's one that I struggle with and it's a common one that many people struggle with. So what happens when something does go wrong? When we burn dinner, when we snap at somebody or blow our top, when we fail to feel grateful, how do we treat ourselves? What do you say to yourself? Do you have your own back? Now, sometimes we often go the route of not being so kind to ourselves. I want you to think about it. Do you offer yourself compassion? Do you speak to yourself like you would speak to your best friend? And that's one of the best ways to get to self-compassion. What would you say to your best friend? Probably you would be saying things like, don't be so hard on yourself. There's a lot going on. You got a lot of family here. You're running on no sleep and the kids are all out of routine. The weather has been lousy. Everybody's been indoors. Now you're not making excuses to let yourself off the hook. You're just allowing yourself some room to be human and to make mistakes. You are leaving some room for the 50-50 of life. You're allowing yourself to be yourself, to make mistakes and not be perfect. You will mess up. It is okay. Stop judging yourself and replace it with self-compassion. Then we can also offer other people compassion. Other people are not you. They will mess up. They are experiencing things from their perspective. They have their own set of expectations. They have their own stuff. I think sometimes we think people are thinking a lot more about us or about other people than they actually are because most of us are just trying to stay afloat in our own world. So if somebody does something, maybe try to go to a place of compassion and curiosity. Hmm. I wonder what they're feeling to be doing that or acting that way. Maybe they're struggling. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they're overwhelmed. So try compassion out. Compassion with yourself and compassion with other people. The fourth thing that you can do to help deal with all these challenges is be deliberate. Decide how you want to show up and who you want to be. Choose how you want to feel and intentionally plan some thoughts to get you there. It can be so helpful to anticipate certain situations and think ahead and visualize what you would say, do, or how you would act. I know that with my SLP clients, I often talk about scripting things out. What will you say? How will you respond? Now, you don't have to do this 24 hours a day, but maybe there's a specific event or a specific time. Be intentional at certain times. For example, if you know that you are going to be interacting with somebody that it's typically difficult for you to interact with. Maybe you don't necessarily get along with them. Maybe there's been challenges in the past. You can anticipate some situations and just plan out in your mind, 
how am I going to react if they say something that I feel is pushing my buttons? Visualize yourself taking a few deep breaths, asking to excuse yourself, changing the topic. Visualize that. And what that does, it allows the brain to sort of pre-map and to prime itself for what it can do. And then later on, when you're in that situation, the brain already has a bit of a pathway started. So scripting things out, being deliberate to be thinking about things, anticipating what can happen is a very powerful way. Now, fifth is practice self-care. And I feel like practicing self-care is starting to feel a bit like an overused statement, but it is truly so important, especially at this time in the holidays, even if it's in just little ways. We can start with taking care of ourselves, like get your body moving. Go have some quiet time or downtime to yourself. Talk with one of your best friends who you find is so uplifting. Stop for some deep breaths. Try to do the things that make you feel good. Don't do them out of guilt. Do them because you want to do them. Really ask yourself, okay, does this feel good? And will doing this inspire me? Also, celebrate yourself. Acknowledge when you held your boundaries or had your own back. Give yourself gratitude. Validate yourself. You don't have to wait for others to validate you and to say thank you. Yes, it's totally nice, but you can also do it for yourself. I just finished reading Mel Robbins' High Five Habit book, and she talks about giving yourself what you need and what you want others to give you. And she suggests starting each day with high-fiving yourself in the mirror. And there's a whole science behind it that she talks about. It's a great read. But integrate high-fiving yourself in your daily self-care routine. If nothing else, go into the bathroom, high-five yourself on doing a good job, on keeping it together, on dealing with certain difficult situations, on preparing meal after meal, on getting by with no sleep, on getting by of taking care of kids when they're out of the routine. Give yourself a nice high-five. And lastly, simplify things. Even simplify your thoughts. Thinking takes up energy. Drop the story of overwhelm. Stop telling yourself that there's so much to do because those are thoughts that you're creating. You are creating that overwhelm by feeding the story that there's so much to do. You get to decide what you want to do. You can say no. You can choose easy. Ask your brain, how can I make this fun and easy? There may be certain traditions like I talked about in last week's episode, but you can simplify traditions. You can rotate things. You can just take a break this year. You can make things more simple and start by believing that you do have a choice and you can make things more simple. We get caught in this story of I'm so busy, I'm so overwhelmed. And we actually amp ourselves up every time we think those thoughts and we actually make it worse for ourselves. So drop that story, say no, choose easy. Those are a few tips I have for you for navigating the holidays. Drop expectations of others, drop the expectations of yourself, practice self-compassion and offer compassion, be intentional and deliberate, practice self-care and simplify. Just want to wish you all a wonderful holiday season and thank you for following along on the Building Resilience podcast. Have a great week. 
Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.